sometimes your boardroom of allies may not be real people. And it's sometimes what you see on TV and seeing Mulan kick ass. Uh, it was just like, oh my God, if she could save China, then what can I do in my life to just make it a little <laughs> bit easier? I love that that was your thought process. If she can save China, I can do great things too. I love that. Right? Yeah, that's really be, empowering. It doesn't have to be saving China, but like I can scale back a bit. <laughs> I'm Kimberly. I'm Raina. And we're each other's hype women, and we're obsessed with each other's aspirations, boardrooms, and goals. Join us as we talk about our experiences of unfucking up our lives, Asian identities, careers, and just life in general. We can be your hype women as well. Welcome to Obsessed with ABGs, Aspirations, Boardrooms, and Goals. You know, this whole episode today, it's titled Boardroom of Allies. It's we're going to be talking about who's our board of allies, what does that mean? But I think let's take a step back and understand what coaching is um, and how you define coaching. Or is that, you know, is that something that we can explain or unpack? Yeah, definitely. I think most people are most familiar with the concept of career coaching. I think when you go to, for example, in high school, you have like a career counselor and it's someone who kind of like gives you advice on what you should do because you're good at, you know, English or, you know, whatever your subject may be. And then when you and if you go to university or college, you usually have a career center on campus. And there are all these people as coaches who can help you figure out what it is that you want to do in your life and all of that. So as a, um, as life coaching, I think that is sort of, you know, after the age of 18, when you're not really in like an institution of learning and have easy access to these kinds of people, that's where you can start to approach life coaching. And I have to say, when I first became a life coach, I was like, oh, God, I don't want to be one of those like hokey, spiritual guru type of people, you know? Like that Tony Robbins kind of, maybe I should name drop. <laughs> yes, name drop. This is our podcast. <laughs> yeah, but that was kind of like my fear that I don't want to become like the, you know, being on the stage and like yelling at rah, people. Rah, rah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Although it and works on me 100%. <laughs> I buy into that Kool-Aid so easily. <laughs> Somehow I'm not surprised. Um yeah. And so, you know, that's one type of coaching, I would say. But the life coaching, so specifically the life coaching that I am doing is called coactive coaching. But really the fundamental or the foundation of coaching is the same for so many styles of coaching. And basically it's that there's a coach and there's a client and there's a relationship between them. There's like this alliance is what we call it. And the coach is never there to give you any answers or advice. And what we as coaches try to do for the client is to evoke transformation. Yeah. So for as an example, you know, Kim, you might have option A for a job offer and option B and you're really struggling. So you could hire a coach at that point and they'll ask you these powerful questions to make you realize which one it is that you're going to pick. And we would mm -hmm. never tell you go for option A or B because it's not our job to do that. Even if you're you thinking know, it. Yeah. <laughs> Even if we're thinking it, we need to be at the certain level of listening and we're not allowed to make judgment calls or, you know, um, whatever it is. If if there are, you know, cues and questions that we can guide you in a certain way and then see, maybe that'll happen. But really, ultimately, you as the client always have the answer. It's honestly all about 
helping the client move forward in their lives, whatever that may be. It might be about making a decision. It might be about, I don't know, having more balance in your life, feeling more fulfilled. It doesn't have to be about your career. It can be about your um, personal development. It can be about your wellness, your family, friends, anything within your life. So I would say that's in a nutshell what coaching is. And so how did you get to the boardroom of allies? The concept of it, and they call it different things. They can call it allies. They can call it um, like the captain and crew. So kind of like having your own crew members. Basically what it means is that within you, you have this group of concepts or personas or people who are your own allies. So it can be, you know, personas like the creative one, the assertive one, or the boundary setter. These be people can be within you and you can give them names, you can give them, you know, visuals. Um, but for me, what really stuck was that I actually put real people in my own life into my boardroom. Because for me, the conceptual thing didn't really work out. Um, but yeah, in a nutshell, they're really just people who believe in you, who push you, who you can go to for advice, who you can go to when you are feeling frustrated. Yeah, they're just kind of like nice feeling people within you. So actually, when we came together to chat, we did a challenge. You go do a list and come up with your boardroom allies. I'll mm -hmm. go and do and we'll we'll swap um, and we'll react to them. So originally, look at this. I kind of wrote on paper. You're such an inspiration. So the it. first I had on my list was uh, my husband or is my husband, Matt. Uh, second is actually you on my board of allies. And not, mm. that was I'm not the same comment as you that I had to come after your husband. But OK, whatever. <laughs> actually, no, I think your comment was about you coming after my cat. So yeah, I'll take mine back. I got bumped to fourth place after your cat. We'll okay. get to your list. I, I will say that there's no priority in the numbers. OK, OK. So there's no number. I'm just going to throw it. There's no. <laughs> the next one on that was Leanne. Um, and then the next one was my lifelong friend, uh, Manisha, who's a chiropractor. And she's just she just like goes to like towards life as like. I'm just going to do it and I'm going to succeed. And like, you're either on board or you're not. She is like, you know, it's such a, like a badass, badass thing. You know, there are a lot of university friends that I have. And I think this is what I will say about higher education is that you do surround yourself with people who are like-minded and are driven. Um, and not to say you have to get them from university setting, but that's what I got from that setting. And I just had a great uh, example from so many people um, that really just were able to we're able to be super ambitious and be have all these qualities I really admire. Uh, and the last on my list was I don't know if you know the YouTuber Chloe Ting, who's you know during we have to we have to recognize that this is a time of COVID. We are recording during a, pan, a pandemic. Mm -hmm. uh, Chloe Ting, she is a YouTuber who has I don't know if you guys have seen it. It's a two week ab challenge. This girl has changed my life during a pandemic. I'm like, is she really? This She's doing a body shred. I am on day 21. On, <gasps> uh, no, that's not true. Sorry. I'm doing the 21 day challenge. I'm on day 11. But <laughs> I'm, I'm like, and is it like, hold on. Is it 11 consecutive days? Yes. There's like <gasps> some days where she has like a rest day. Okay. But for the most part, you have to complete it within 21 days. Um, and they're like, or, or there's like her two week ab challenge. 
She just has this attitude that makes you want to like, I don't want to disappoint Chloe, even though I don't know who she is. She doesn't know who we are, but she has this level of like, she's like a personal coach. So I think she's got me through the pandemic, but I had to. Also, shout out to an Asian YouTuber. Right? Woo! Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Our own ABG. That's right. So I originally had her on the list, but I think, you know, you're right. There's no end to your list. You can be as long or short as you want. Mm -hmm. I, and I, in my mind, because I think our list, I hit automatically ranking um i was like oh you know who's not on this list i was a little a little um embarrassed to add but why not uh, sailor moon <gasps> why yeah. are you embarrassed it's a cartoon character it's yeah but you also character. have like a a glass showcase <laughs> of sailor moon goods and like you like worship her oh my god i love her so much i actually have a pair of my friends this is how much i love her i had a friend come visit me no way. Are those socks? Yeah, man. Sailor Moon socks. Oh, my God. From Japan. That's amazing. And I know when you go visit uh, your home, Japan, uh, sometimes you'll get me a little like, trinket here and there. That is true. Really Even appreciate. my own mom has gotten things for you. I love your mom. Don't get me started. That, she should be on my list. What is wrong with me? Every time we have this call, well, we're going to, that's going to be another episode. The point is, I had to yeah, put we'll Sailor Moon. Yeah, we'll talk about our own moms. Yeah. Yeah, that's a different episode. But I had to put Sailor Moon on this list because growing up, uh, a North American upbringing, you don't have a lot of female Asian, you don't have a lot of strong female Asians to look up to. And there's none of that in terms of representation. Uh, now there's, a little bit more there's more asian representation in movies like crazy rich asians but we didn't have like a badass kind of hero figure that you could just buy toys that's with. true yeah that's that really so wasn't. true yeah 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 maybe the pink ranger was she um, asian no that was a yellow of course the yellow ranger oh my god yeah but my name's oh. kimberly so oh. the original pink ranger is kimberly but I was eight. I'm Asian. So they're like, should we, we give her the yellow ranger or should we make her the pink <laughs> ranger? I'm confused. Um, but yeah, other than the power rangers, you know, and that some people were like too violent for kids, at least here yeah. in North America. But and the Ninja Turtles are turtles, so they don't really count. Right. Yeah. And they're men, first of all. Oh, yeah, that's true. That's true. Right. And let's be real. They're probably voiced by white male actors. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's so true. Or not. Maybe I should look this up. I don't want to generalize. But <laughs> the point is, there isn't like an Asian female, really. And so Sailor Moon was just a strong, badass person who was like a bit of a crybaby, was like, you know, really was awful at school. But at the end of the day, she went to save the goddamn world. Mm -hmm. I'm like, that is a badass. At 14, you are here to she's not she doesn't compromise who she is. She's not going to sacrifice those she loves, you know. That's she so was true. like, she never did. And so if you go back and for anyone who watched Sailor Moon growing up, uh, I think she was an excellent role model. Right. I she, love had her, that. she had her own boardroom of allies in hindsight. Right. The oh Sailor Scouts. God, you're so right. That was an entire boardroom. If that was a motherfucking boardroom. <laughs> wow. You're so right. I never even thought of that. And what's funny is that I also grew up watching Sailor Moon, um, you know, coming from a Japanese background, growing up in Japan. I think it was just, you know, very close to our culture. And I, to, to me, because we were in Japan, I never really regarded her or Sailor Moon as like this, you know, Asian representation because everything around me was Asian. <laughs> and, and actually, maybe I even regarded Sailor Moon as not Asian because she had blonde hair. But anyway, I digress. Um, yeah, they were also very inspiring to me when I was a kid. 
So, you know, although they're not in my current boardroom, I respect that they are in yours right now. Let's Still. talk about yours. Yes. Uh, so one, Joe, my husband. Two, Kafka, my cat. Three, Kim, yourself, obviously. <laughs> Four, Raka. She is my mentor, my old colleague, a really wonderful friend, and the reason why I got into coaching in the first place and kind of wanted to follow in her footsteps. And five, this is my most recent um, ally, uh, is Liv. She was actually my soul cycle instructor when I went quite religiously in Toronto. And um, funny story is I actually know her from when she was in high school and I was in university because we worked at American Eagle together at Square One. But anyway, she like, you know, later became a slow cycle instructor and I went to all her classes every week. And even now, even, you know, when I'm not going into her classes, she's I, I have this inner live within me. And she's this person who encourages me to work out and have fun and not take myself so seriously. Because I think I get quite heady when it comes to working out. And for her, for me, like when I look at even now her Instagram posts and how she is a, as a person, she's just so free and lively. And that's the kind of persona that I want to have when I'm working out. And I'm not like swearing as I do my, you know, burpees and all these things that I don't like. I should just like kind of like laugh and be free and have fun, you know. So that's the kind of ally that I have for my working out health and fitness kind of part of me. The, the cat. I still. Oh, the cat. Can, can someone. Can you explain how Kafka, the cat, legit cat. Yeah. Cute cat. But the legit cat made it to your list. Yeah. 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 No, I hear you. I originally didn't have my cat in my boardroom when I first made it. And I made my boardroom in February when I was going through coaching training. And one of the things that my fellow coaches kept telling me was that I need to be more of like a yoga Zen master. Like I need to calm the fuck down sometimes and stop being so intense. <laughs> and so I decided to put my cat in it so that she reminds me to take a step back and like nap if I want to and, you know, do whatever the fuck I want, but in like a more of like calm cat-like way. Right, right. So she wasn't my choice to put it in there, but she does kind of keep me grounded in that sense. So I love that you are cautious about that and picking your allies. So when you are explaining to someone what a boardroom allies could look like, it really could be anyone, right? Like it could be anyone, anything. Anyone, anyone, anyone. And I think, you know, one important thing that, you know, you and I've talked about before is that not all of your super close best friends also have to be in your boardroom. You know, I think we've talked about how we have friends um, that we talk to about different things. You have different interests with, you know, them and that's all fine. And just because someone isn't in your boardroom doesn't mean that you're not good friends with them. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. It's just that, you know, these are the people who kind of push us forward. So, yeah, now that we've talked about our allies and our choices, the two people that I want to highlight from both our boardrooms are the people who actually are related to us in terms of coaching, right? You have Leanne, who was your former coach, and Raka, who wasn't 
you know, specifically my coach, but the one who really got me into coaching. Mm. And, you know, I had told her just by text message that she was on my boardroom, but I did really want to know what she thought about it because I'm still just like starting out as a coach and I look up to her so much. And so I, you know, really wanted to hear what she had to say about it. So, yeah, I want to play this clip right here. Well, um, so the first thing is that, you know, I think, you know, you're the first person who actually, you know, really introduced me into the world of coaching. And believe it or not, you were actually the first person who told me about coactive coaching. And when I started it, I actually forgot that you told me about coactive coaching. So you had already sort of um, infiltrated my mind with coactive coaching without me knowing Right. I planted a seed. Yes, exactly. Yeah. And so yeah. when it came to the point of my coaching training where we had to think about who who is in our boardroom of allies, right. you were like one of the first people who popped into my mind. Well, thank you. I really I'm honored, by the way, because I think you're such an amazing young woman. And uh, I think that um, I've had the benefit of had, having allies on my boardroom when I thought about my coaching experience and going through the training and realizing that there were lots of people around me that support me, that I rely on, that I think about them when I'm making a decision. And that's what I think about whether they give me the advice or not. I know that their presence is always in my life and especially with big decisions. So it's great to know that you can tap into that energy um, and, and have this visual of these people sitting around a boardroom and being part of your company in a way. Yeah, that's true. And for me, you know, you in my boardroom is, you know, you as a mentor, you as a friend, you as a colleague, and you as a role model, you know, you are so many things to me. And with any uh, problem or issue or even like, you know, just fun things about life. Like, you know, I know that I can go to you and tell you and you'll always either give me advice if I need it or, you know, just listen to me and be there for me. So I think that's, I think that's a critical piece, you know, and I love, thank you for saying that, by the way, that means a lot because I love that um, this boardroom of allies can play different roles for you, for people in their lives. And I, I treat mine that way too. You know, my um, mentor, I call her my tour mentor, by the way, because I love that. <laughs> because, you know, she is a friend, she was a former boss. She was is uh, still so um, generous in her time of listening and not very often giving me a ton of advice, but asking really good questions. And um you know, I can rely on her for friendship. I can rely on her for lots of different things. And she's not the only one, but she's the one that always comes to mind for me. So I think that that idea of somebody being a mentor plays a more upward status position for people. But I love this idea of boardroom of allies because there's some equality, some, some give and take, right? Because you're probably playing that role for other people, Raynat. And I need to play that role for me. I rely on you for lots of different things. And it's so always so great to talk to you because you're so creative and think about things differently. So 
I think it's a reciprocal relationship for a lot of people and hopefully for women that we can remember. Did you have a boardroom of allies before you came across that phrase? I did, but I didn't know that's what they were for me. Mm. You know, um, it is a number of people in my life that have been very generous with their their offers of assistance, I'll say. Um, and I think, you know, when you have those moments of doubt, it's really great to have those people in your life um, to be able to um, get that lift, you know, get that lift and, and that encouragement that even though you may have failed or you feel that you may have failed at something, that they still believe in you and still know that you're going to figure it out. I think that's the important part of this is that it's not to rely on these people to solve things for you, but mm -hmm. to have them in your in your corner in a way to know that they believe in you yeah. and that you'll figure it out. And so you, and as a coach, this is kind of an important issue, right? Is that people are not broken. People are not coming to a coach to help them fix everything. It's really a, a, a relationship that you build with that coach to, to figure it out for yourself in a way because you have all the resources, you know, all the resources in yourself. And so it's, it's really just that confidence and that encouragement um, that, that comes with those relationships that I think are really important. And if someone were to go and think about their boardroom of allies, how mm. would you guide them through it? Yeah. Let me think there's, you know, there's already people in their lives that they rely on, that they go to. Those are the easy ones, mm -hmm. right? Be a spouse or a parent, a sibling, a best friend, mm -hmm. colleague that they gel with, um, mentors at work that become a parent to them all of a sudden. Mm -hmm. And let's not forget people that are, what should we call them, uh, may not seem like allies, but are really... Um, really important in our lives because they will give us the hard truths. Mm -hmm. And um, I've always relied on those people because um, you may miss something, right? Like you're not going to have the full sort of idea or the full um, solution to, to things. And sometimes people who are those devil's advocates or the people that um, aren't worried so much about the relationship but are worried about the end result sometimes those people are really good to have on our board because if we're all thinking the same way then then it's, it's like an it's, echo chamber yeah it's uh, exactly that's yeah. a great word echo chamber um so it's always good to have the different the different opinions etc that that can be really useful in terms of thinking things through yeah you are trying to make a big decision mm -hmm. Your friends might not ask you the hard questions, That's right? So you have people that are a little bit unbiased, mm -hmm. you know, that, that, you know, are very objective about what it is that you're going through or what you want to make a decision on. So, so I think start by building, you know, the ones that are just really apparent yeah. in your life and then start to seek out people that are going to challenge you. Mm -hmm. I think important one that not that we sometimes forget about and I think regular boardrooms do the same thing right they tend to have people who will say yes to everything that they want to do and that makes it really easy to make a decision right and then sometimes you'll get people that think differently and it does 
create more of a struggle in the boardroom, but usually it will be a much better outcome. I love that. I love that. Yeah, it's a good analogy. Yeah, yeah, it is. That's it, Raka. Thank you. You're very welcome. Her voice is just chef's kiss like what a calming presence it's like right. lavender in your ears she may as well have she may be one of the voices on the calm app and then you would just fall asleep to her coaching you oh my god I wake up like a new woman <gasps> i'm so relaxed like now i'm just like fuck it i'm like i could take on the world tomorrow and i'll be fine <laughs> the world we burning- should pitch that <laughs> as a business to her calm hey you know the app like that zen app let me know if you're interested in your voice actors. She's fantastic. You need the life coach aspect, wellness section. Hook her, hook her up because <laughs> I'm inspired. She is really inspiring. Yeah. She's honestly the reason I wanted to become a career coach and a life coach and and basically be her. I basically want to become Raka. And if you're listening to this Raka, you are my goal. That's amazing. So overall, though, did she, when she reacted, when she first read the text text message, was she kind of like confused? Did she understand what the board of violence She knew was? exactly what I was talking about. Ah, okay. Yeah. And that's what I also love about her because, you know, even outside of coaching, she is my role model. And so when I messaged her, again, this is like when I messaged you on the bus um, from Amsterdam back to Germany and thinking about my boardrooms. I messaged you and told you that you're on my boardroom. I messaged her and told her that she's on my boardroom. And she was like, I love it. Thank you so much. And then I think we had a little chat about it back and forth, but she knew exactly what I was talking about. Whereas like you were like, what the fuck? Like saboteurs, what? And I think we'll talk about saboteurs in another episode. But Stay yeah. tuned. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so now... I had to interview Leanne, who is my coach. Yes. And I'm a mess and slightly inebriated in this one. <laughs> Makes it all the better. Okay. You know, so Leanne, my life coach, she uh, is also a friend of mine from university. Um, and so she studied, uh, she has her, her PhD in organizational behavior. Um, and she is just an all around like, just listen here, here. Don't take my referral. Just listen to the recording here. <laughs> so I am here with my good friend, Leanne, Dr. Leanne Schneider. And so, <laughs> yes, this is a little weird because we're like genuinely good friends. Yep. But the reason why we're also here is because I want to talk about personal development and life coaching. And you were my life coach. Mm-hmm. This was about four years, about four years ago. Yeah. So... Raina has explained to me what a, a boardroom of allies were, and she's becoming a life coach. Mm-hmm. And I thought that was very fascinating considering I got coaching professionally from you. Mm-hmm. And it was a very enlightening experience. And because it's been four years since that has happened, I still take a lot away from that. And so I thought, wouldn't it be interesting to have a conversation with my former coach, who is also on my boardroom of allies? Yeah, I I have to say I was surprised um, when you said I was like, I'm obviously I'm flattered and really happy. But it was so long ago that we did this coaching. And even though it was a great experience for me, and obviously for you, um, I I was surprised to hear that it was still having an impact. I'm Why? happy too. Um, you know what, because you like when you do coaching, it's only for a few sessions. I don't I can't remember how many sessions we did maybe about six. Mm hmm. 
something like that. And uh, like you, you really dove in, you made a ton of progress, you made a career change, which was amazing. Um, but at the same time, I don't know, like, it, I to think that all of that has still had an influence on you today is, is wonderful. It's great. But not everyone takes as much of an advantage of coaching as you did. Okay, so if for someone is doing coaching or trying mm -hmm. coaching for the next for the first time, what would your advice be for one, a new coach and two, for someone who's getting coached? Yeah, if you're a person getting coached, um, like anything that you pay for, um, you get what you put into it. Um, you're a great example of someone who put a lot into it and showed up to every session having done your homework, having really thought about it. Um, and if you don't do that, you won't get anything out of it because at the end of the day, they're just a few one hour sessions. Um, so I have coached some people who are super coachable like you, and I have coached some people who just kind of show up and expect me to take over and tell them what to do. And that doesn't work. So actually you, you talked about that might be an expectation people have of being coached mm -hmm. is like this person yes. is going to take their hand and have this like come to Jesus moment and they're going <laughs> to, you are, that's how I thought it would be. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, tell me what to do, doctor. I remember, you know, I remember now you saying that I was like, no, 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 that's not it. it, it because at the end of the day, I don't know what you should be doing. My role is to provide a framework for you to develop in and to ask the right questions to get you to think about what you should be doing. Okay. Now, now that here, okay. If it wouldn't help. So the reason why you're also on my list of, of like boardroom allies, and this is just now like how I see you, not just as a professional in this like field, you are also someone who is very good at like not telling making may I make a suggestion <laughs> you're good sorry that's an ongoing joke between us but you are good that is your thing like you are good at leading people to their own terms of coming to this realization mm -hmm. and I think there's uh, a great power in others coming to their own realizations as, a, as opposed to someone telling me that yes um, would you say that or how would you almost communicate that to a greater audience or communicate that to someone who's trying to find their own voice in life yeah so i think um that's a that's a, a tenet of coaching actually that the person needs to come to the realizations themselves they need to um decide on their own behavior change themselves it just think so i'll give an example i i remember my so i have a, a mom who's 65 um she would always ask me, like, how do I do this on the computer? How do I do that on the computer? And I would always go in and help show her how to fix it. And it was always really annoying. And I'd start getting annoyed at my mom and be like, mom, like, start figuring this out for yourself. And at first she got mad at me. But then I was like, look, mom, I'm not doing this to be mean. You will remember it more if you actually figure out how to do it for yourself. And now she's actually really good at using computers. It's really impressive, but it's because she went through the process of figuring it out for herself. And of course I would be there to like put her in the right direction, say, look up a YouTube video or like, that's, what is it that you need to... It's amazing that she knows what YouTube is. Oh like, yeah, I know. She, <laughs> My she, mom still can't figure out. She <laughs> is computer. very computer literate now. It's, it's very impressive. She really took it upon herself and I was there to like guide her along the way. But now she is so good at it because she took it on right right and that's an example of like coaching is the exact same thing like you know if if I ask the right questions to get you to figure it out on your own it's going to be way more impactful than if I tell you something 
Dr. Schneid, my my <laughs> board of allies, my confidant, my friend. I mean, so for everyone who doesn't know, I've known you since 2007. Oh. Yeah, yeah. We went to college together. That's right, yep. And so it's very fascinating to see you on this, like, to see you as my friend, my coach, and now I'd like see you as like my boardroom allies as I didn't know. So thank you for being on this journey, even though I kind of forced you to. <laughs> oh, <laughs> Good luck getting to. rid of me. <laughs> you cannot get rid of me at this point now. Oh, I, I don't, don't care. <laughs> I don't care if you have a kid. <laughs> it's more difficult to get together, but I'm glad we still do. Yeah, that's amazing. So anyone who's listening, go find your boardroom uh, allies and don't let them go. I love that. It was like such a great conversation between a coach and a client but also two good girlfriends like you can really tell from listening to you guys i had a lot of wine <laughs> <laughs> i like that you've admitted this twice um i really like that she talked about you get what you put into it mm. which i think is so true you know like not just about the boardroom but you know with coaching um, I think you really wanted coaching and so you put a lot of work into it, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, I did. I did because um, I think part of having a really good coach is that they make you really think about it. Yeah, but I think you also went in from a really good place. Like she kept saying that you were a, such a coachable client and that's so true. Like I think as a coach, like, you know, coaching someone who doesn't want to be coached is might be one of the worst things that was the overlap so i think this is where you know the overlap there was was you have to want it you, you can't it's not up to the coach yeah, you know like so the, your coach isn't there to give you your life answers mm -hmm. they don't know what you want right mm -hmm. you know mm -hmm. what you want you mm -hmm. do at the end of the day you know what's best for yourself not the yeah. coach yeah, exactly. Um, uh, I'm going to uh, take it a little bit in a different angle. I think you had mentioned, Kim, that you have a separate boardroom of allies list with pop culture icons. Oh, my God. I'm looking at it right now. I to need to hear this. Okay. Well, so Sailor Moon got bumped up. <laughs> yeah, she's in your, like, actual boardroom. She's, she's in the legit. She got her own seat at the table. Um, so these are all celebrities slash, like, non-existent. Like, these are not, quote, unquote, real <laughs> people that makes sense in my that's life. okay anything goes okay well this is this is borderline embarrassing but who cares um beyonce is that that yeah, list i'm not surprised mm -hmm. yeah i love since like dusty child day like you just i mean that's enough said full stop period beyonce mm -hmm. katniss everdeen from the hunger games she led a revolution yeah. you okay. haven't watched it yet have you i haven't oh my god okay that's a different conversation. <laughs> so but sorry. Katniss Everdeen from The Hunger Games led a revolution and all at the age of like 17, 18. And it's inspiring. All while finding love without meaning to stay true to herself. <laughs> God. Oh, so good. Um, the next is Angelina Jolie because I mm -hmm. loved her as an actress when I was 12 when I saw um, Girl Interrupted. And I thought, who is this badass? Uh, and she needs help. <laughs> <laughs> a badass who needs help who needs sure. help this is her character at least on girl and yeah. girl interrupted the movie but i i always loved how she moved from you know this really prestigious actress to um you know being a u.n ambassador mm -hmm. um she does a lot adopting of adopting so many children 
she was the OG in making that really popular. That's true. But aside from that, I think she she recognized her privilege um, and was very open about, you know, bringing change in, into the world. Um, so I always found that inspiring. I, th- I loved how her trajectory went from, you know, being an, an actress and now and, you know, when you think of Angelina Jolie, people think, you know, globalization of, of humanitarian work. Mm hmm. Uh, next is a BTS because you know I'm obsessed right now, and BTS is on that list because and I, I highlighted hold on this. like all the singers in BTS. Yes, are the entire in group. Oh wow. OT seven. Okay, that's for the army fans right there. <laughs> but I have no idea what you're talking about. The, the army will know if you are listening in your army. Comment, subscribe, like. But <laughs> I'm serious. Like I, here's why I put them down. All seven of them. They work so hard. So hard. That They're, I knew. Yep. They had a pandemic here. They had to cancel a world tour. You know what they did? They recorded a reality show, a new single, a new album. Oh, they wow. have uh, brand deals with Fila. They have a deal with Baskin Robbins. And I'm sitting there like, how are you putting out this much content? It is amazing. They're learning new choreo. Mm-hmm. There's a movie coming out. All in a span. Oh, they had an album that come out in February. They don't sleep. I don't think they sleep. So the ARMY fans, okay, you know when all this hate was going on on Twitter and they're just like, you know, all lives matter and, you know, all these like weird tweets that are like, you know, really offensive, right? Yeah. And when there is like a legit conversation happening about uh, Black Lives Matter, about police brutality, some people just want to stir up bullshit for the sake of stirring up bullshit. Well, mm-hmm. K-pop bands were not having that. So they flooded all these bullshit hashtags and flooded them with fan cam videos of choreo, of BTS, of oh Blackpink, and just drowned out. So if you wanted to look like white, what was it? White Out Wednesday, you know, White Lives Matter. Uh, you're just going to find a lot of, you know, um BTS. You're just gonna find a lot of Jimin dancing. (laughs) You're gonna find like a lot of you know you're gonna see like really cool choreo, Korean pop stars dancing. Uh, A lot of it was BTS, and they drowned it out. And on top of that, they donated one million dollars, in which their fandom, again, Army. That's who they're called. Their fans are called Army. Okay. Donated. Sorry, I should have given you context. Um, but the the, BTS's fan base, Army, don't try to match that, match their one, and so they did. They matched. Their donation of a million dollars. So collectively, between ARMY, the fan base, and BTS, yeah. they donated two million plus dollars. To what? Uh, the Black Lives Matter. So for various organizations oh, oh, okay, for Black it. Lives Matter. Wow. Yeah, sorry, I should have made that clear. Um, yeah, because they, you know, I think they're like, what's going on in this world is messed up and we want to help. Um, and, you know, it's no surprise that a lot of pop culture takes from Black music. So yeah, that's so true. They recognize that and they're like, you know, we're we're going to do our part and, and donate. And so the fans are like, that's amazing. And what's great is that um, these fans have said they're so organized. This is another thing where I'm so inspired. There's the most organized fan base I've ever seen. Metrics, breakdowns, how we're going to meet our goals to make sure that they're number one on the charts. It's it's amazing and inspiring. And I'm like, if I could put that much, if I could see that much work being done into like being a proper fan, I could put that into my regular life. Wow. Respect. Yeah. I'm, I now get it. It's it's crazy of how hard they work and how hard their fandom works for them. Right. It's crazy. I've and never seen think, anything like it. 
Yeah, and to think that BTS as a group, they also must have a really powerful boardroom themselves. Oh my right? god. Like all yes. the people who are working for them behind the scenes. Yeah, and that's another thing. Like they themselves, I think just the seven of them, I think are a great boardroom allies to each other. I love that. I, I that's I digress. That is now off the like I I can't because I can talk about BTS. You know what? Maybe I make make this a segment. I'm gonna go and like break down each like thing, each person who I think is a great yes, ally. yeah. Find that as a bonus episode. As a bonus episode because I could just talk about BTS all day, and uh, I know my husband's sick of me talking about it all day. But yes, BTS is on my list of board boardroom of allies just because they they are so their work ethic is amazing, and I think if anyone, even if you don't like their music, you you would at least respect the amount of hard work they they put into it. Um, that's great blood sweat and tears on the nose that's a song for those fans okay moving on Uh, and then oh last on my list is mulan so i mean tell me more about that that's a come on as asian women who in our disney arsenal of quote-unquote disney princesses do we see ourselves in yeah definitely only mulan oh there's only mulan yeah um and she came out, what, 1998? And so when I watched her in theaters, I was amazed. I'm like, this woman is going to take on this, like, you know, she's going to take on a war by herself yeah. in a in a dress. <laughs> yeah, in a dress. In a dress. And she's so unapologetic about it. She's mm-hmm. like, yeah, I'm a woman. Like, I came here to save my dad. I saved you. And now you find out that I'm a woman. All of a sudden, I don't matter. Go mm-hmm. F yourselves. I'm going to go save China. Peace. Bye. And you know what she does? <laughs> she goes saves China in a dress. And so true. I was like amazed by that because as a kid, when you see that, and this is going back to why representation matters, you know, sometimes your boardroom of allies may not be real people. And it's sometimes mm-hmm. what you see on TV and seeing Mulan kick ass. It was just like, oh, my God. If she could save China, then what can I do in my life to just make it a little bit easier? I love that. That was your thought process. If she can save China, I can do great things, too. I love that. Yeah, that's really empowering. It doesn't have to be saving China, but like I can scale back a bit. (laughs) Do you have one? Sorry, I just talked so long. We can cut most of this. Unfortunately, I have to say I don't. I thought about it really long and hard. I don't. I think I, I don't know, like I I consume my fair share of pop culture, but I'm definitely not as invested in it as you. And you're like the pop culture queen. I know that if I read about any celebrity in any media, I can go to you and you can tell me even more about it than I can ever possibly read. It's unhealthy, so, but okay. <laughs> Thank well, you for, no. for spending that really positively. <laughs> yeah, no, you are like this like golden source of information when it comes to pop culture. And you pull from so many different sources. So you're not just like biased from one angle. You tell me from different places. So, Raina, we talked about a lot of things today. We mm-hmm. went from boardroom of allies, talking about representation. Yes. Um, and we hope, again, with this podcast that, you know, in the next episode, uh, we'll unpack something uh, between us two and hope that you as the audience can walk away with it. And today, what can you walk away with? You're probably listening to, you know, God knows how many minutes of this. You're like, I still don't know what to do. And if you don't, don't worry. Coach Raina's got you. Yes, exactly. So, well, actually, let me flip that to you, Kim. 
What did you learn from making your own boardroom of allies? In 15 seconds or less, go. Wait, what? <laughs> <laughs> what did... Oh, oh my God. Okay, so I learned that I'm very blessed to have amazing people that I can mm. go to and am inspired by and feel supported by. Um, even if we don't talk every day, let's say, you know, for example, Leanne, I don't see every day. Um, but just the thought of them, it's like, oh, you know, it already incentivized me to like take action, take charge of my life. Uh, you just having these conversations back and forth, you inspire me all the time. I learn from you so much. Um, so like I, I was really I took this a step back. and was like, I'm really blessed and, and, and thankful for these people in my life. It's so true. And I think that really is the motivation behind having your boardroom of allies even if you don't have actual people in your life who are in your boardroom they can be conceptual people um, ideas personas like we said earlier and so you know what I want our listeners to walk away from is that you know anybody can have a boardroom for themselves and that, you know, they should be people or things that really empower you to help you move forward, to have in your corner, like they're really there for you and only for you, right? And you don't have to go and share this list, but I think it's really good to kind of have this list. So, you know, get out your phone, go into your notes app and, you know, maybe start jotting down people who really inspire you, people who are in your corner, or maybe you have that like childhood friend. You know how like some kids um, have like that invisible friend? You know, oh, maybe, yeah. Right? Maybe that's a type of persona that's still in your boardroom, right? Maybe it's someone that you like talk to. And here's a Canadian reference. Have you ever seen Anne of Green Gables? Yes, on CBC. The, yes. The new one or like the OG original one? Well, OG, but like the whole, you know, book, the novels yes. by Lucy Ann Montgomery. Yes. So I just realized that Anne, she herself, I think, has an ally who is the girl um, in her mirror. Like she goes to like a mirror or a window and talks to herself. Like her reflection is her ah, ally. I totally forgot about this book. Right? Yeah. And so it doesn't even have to be anybody else. It could be also yourself. But the point is that this boardroom is only for you and it should really empower you. That is amazing. I'm obsessed. Oh, wait, because our podcast <laughs> is obsessed with baby G's. Yeah. Okay. No, that's very fitting. Thanks for listening. If you love today's episode, rate and subscribe on Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcast. I'm Kimberly. And I'm Raina. And you've been listening to Obsessed with ABGs, Aspirations, Boardrooms, and Goals. Goals.